Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. This week, we have Sky Huddleston. Sky Huddleston is an inventor, entrepreneur, uh, renovator, um, hybridizer. So you know that's a man after my own heart. He is the creator of the Liberator uh, Rocket Heaters. Uh, if you go to liberatorheater.com, you can see the rocket mass heaters or excuse me, rocket stoves that I make them into rocket mass heaters. If you don't know what a rocket stove is or rocket mass heater, the best way to describe it is you take a little bit of wood or pellets, you drop it down a nice little, I guess you would say uh, funnel (laughs) uh, inlet and air passes over this and through a convection current, you have an ignition and get a very, very hot fire. And because a hot fire is a clean fire, these, these systems produce very little emissions and can do a lot of work for very little input. And so this year is the first year that I hadn't had a rocket mass heater in, God, 10 years, 11 years. And I, I felt naked without it because just using a conventional, um, I guess, insert wood stove, it took a ton of fuel and it really didn't heat things up all that much. So I love this technology. I love the fact that it's made right here in Missouri in the United States. And I've been to their shop and it, it's first rate. They're, they're producing these rocket mass heaters with the best steel, their welds are beautiful. All the bears that I've had, all my friends that have come over to look at the machine, they've all been impressed. And uh, I will be posting on Instagram uh, a build of what I'm doing with this rocket mass heater. And my mass will be a bathtub. <laughs> so the mass will be the, the actual cast iron of the tub and then the water that's within it. And then uh, this will be one of the secondary ways I warm the water that uh, will keep the bathtub nice and hot because I I like, I love sauna and I love hot baths, especially wood fire baths. And uh, there's a very efficient way to uh, heat the water that goes into the bathtub also. So Sky Huddleston is a man after my own heart. Um, this podcast is kind of technical, so uh, have your thinking caps on. Um, and you know, it's a it's a good podcast to watch because I reference a lot of different things that he brings up um, through the screen. It's a short one, but it's packed with a lot of dense information, especially if you find yourself to be a homesteader or domesteader anytime soon, or if you have a farm. Uh, because the type of things that we talk about, the, the specific machines that we talk about can lead to energy independence. So I'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome BioCrismites. Today we have Jonathan Butts of Natural Action Tech, technology, correct? Yeah, yeah, we call it tech for short because it's a mouthful. Yes. Natural and um, this, we're continuing our our podcasts dealing with all the different type of resilience technology and uh, especially around water, <laughs> the the universal solvent. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Love love the topic and uh, 
love talking to Victor Schauberger fans. Oh man. I've been, I have to say, I actually have the book right here. This book I got 20 years ago. It's actually, it's in reverse living energies. There we go. It's a great book. Yeah. Callum Coates. I read this book and I was on my way to living down in the tropics and it obliterated my worldview. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. uh, you talk about green guilt. I had green guilt like you wouldn't believe. And um, yeah, that book changed my life. I, I studied it and restudied it. And oh, my goodness. But let, let's go ahead and get into your story, uh, Jonathan. I heard you about a year ago on Greg Carlwood's Higher Side Chats. And I was enthralled with your story of how you actually got into the world of, of water um, revitalization and structuring. If you wouldn't mind sharing your history, I, I would love to hear it again. Yeah, I think there was a couple of pathways for me. And um, I grew up on a river canyon and I just had a really strong desire to fish mm -hmm. um, or just an excuse to be on the water, right? I was just very drawn to the canyon and the water and the mystery of learning about the river and I didn't really see it for anything other than what it was right I didn't have any depth to it other than it was a desire I wanted to fulfill and I observed and I didn't know much about it so it was a lot of just pure observation but I never really tied that to the technical world to me it was an escape from the technical world mm -hmm. and the world for me was uh, just way too getting way too technical already Mm -hmm. And I I really love being away from civilization and technology. It was one of my passions and throughout most of my life, actually. And then uh, then there was this other side where you're professional and you make money. So the real aha, wow, holy crap moment um, was when I was working in technical development, turning water into a plasma for work use like in a steel mill or a factory or a foundry. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I became obsessed with this form of water. And I always saw it as a form of water, not a marketing term for the next magical technology that people are trying to pump, which is kind of what you get out of the beauty and simplicity of, of life and, and water is people want to like isolate something name it and tag it to water and then sell it and and it's always uniqueness or market differentiation right where i had to like slow down and go wait a minute like we don't really understand and i really i would have said my understanding of water was pretty good as a mechanical engineer as fluid flow as building race engines and the frequencies and timing that was all like very important but it wasn't a reality until i actually worked with it and saw it Mm -hmm. And basically was using the water's evolution to teach me things about energy. So I kind of had this machine full of water where I was transforming water, but the machine being driven by water is the primary ingredient it was teaching me all sorts of things that nobody could really answer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anything about Victor Schauberger or Tesla Mm -hmm. Or any, and so that's when I was like, man, I need to study these people that are talking about these different ways. You know, I heard of Tesla, but I never really studied it deeply. And and you know, Walter Russell, and and I heard all these rumors, right? The Electric Universe, and and 
unified modeling was always my interest, but I didn't know there was this kind of eccentric group of historical people that really made a lot of ground. So like the first thing I did was set off to repeat a lot of their experiments to see if they were reality for myself. Right. And that was like, check, 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 check right out of the box. Like, holy crap. Like I'm not even like refined with this and it's already working. Mm-hmm. And I and I had that skill to verify what was legitimate and what was not through my formal background, which is kind of electrical diagnostics, mechanics, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, nuclear mm-hmm. power. As a very technical guy, you know, always fixing stuff and building stuff. And and for my career, I built custom equipment. Mm-hmm. And so the water became this evolution of building custom equipment and the new frontier. And it just changed my life. Like once I saw that the water was intelligent um, mm-hmm. and it was responding and adjusting and dominating its environment, but doing it in a very kind and gentle way, for lack of a better word, right. of the process, I, I was just blown away by it. And so my life changed for good. Like I never wondered what I was going to do for a living, even though I didn't necessarily know how I was going to make a living doing this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm switching to water. It's simple. You know, I, I, my life just got simpler and yet a whole lot more complicated because I realized most people aren't really, they're not really wanting to accept the gifts and the beauty of the universe No, because of all the fear, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is going to get you. That's going to get you. There's PFAS in the water. There's microplastics in the water. There's deuterium in the water. There's, 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 and I'm like, the whole universe is in the water. How True. much stuff do you want to run from? As the or universal how- solvent, that, there it is. It wants to be with everything. It's cool yes. with everybody, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't judge like we do. It doesn't mm-hmm. carry a lot of fear like we do. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, in a way, the water is what we are primarily physically, uh, but it doesn't have all the constraints that our mind has, right? So if you can get more connected with your unconscious, which I believe ultimately that's what living water does the better than anything it connects you with your inner self and then you start sorting problems out when people are like oh i got healed from this with the structured water and i'm like no you chose to heal yourself with a lot of different things and you realize water was important in that Mm -hmm. And, and 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 you started using your intuition about what to eat when to eat it and that changes with the water right so it's like governing subtly the whole entire process and if you just kind of like your intuitional ping and your intuition gets better with living water and hydration, that's just kind of like common sense. But then your brain will try and trick you out of it all. You know what I mean? Well, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't spend that money or, well, this probably doesn't work. And that's like all like that's conscious layer stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. that unconscious feeling of uh, communicating with your own body that makes you healthier. And then you're sharing gratitude self-gratitude with other people rather than fear, right? So I would love to ask you this question. You must have a unique way of looking at why a person would be dehydrated. Yeah, it, and it's not because of the amount of water they're drinking or not, you know? No, well, well, I know this is a very general question and I know people are specific, but I come across as, a, I am a massage therapist. That's one of my occupations and- it's very obvious from a physical level, the people that are hydrated relative to dehydrated, but there's also a psychology that goes on with a lot of the people 
as you would say, the subconscious layering that goes on for people that are dehydrated. Have you noticed, like, I, I kind of want you to build because you alluded to that one little thing. And I was like, oh, I, I bet you just have a very interesting way of seeing what that actually is in a person. I, I think from a number of perspectives and, uh, I think water, you know, one thing I learned from water is it's it's always adapting when it's alive. So it's always mm -hmm. moving around and changing. And scientifically, we want to be like, yeah, we got 432 horsepower and now we got 480 and we're delivering a better water product. And, mm -hmm. and the truth is the the real water is moving around, dancing around to kind of uh, work with your mental state, which is kind of what you're getting into, your attitude. So in my opinion, water will work with whatever your attitude is. So if you're like always focused on the negative, mm -hmm. right, and you don't have gratitude for life, you'll induce rapid aging and the water will follow that structure in your body. Right. And it can trigger all sorts of electrical behavior of gaining weight, losing weight, um, you know, getting headaches. Mm -hmm. Like it can manifest in all uh, full-blown disease, right? Um, so the attitude of gratitude starting with, and then the joy and beauty of learning about things, especially like water, like if you think about it, water is just kind of clear and it's sitting there and it doesn't smell and it doesn't really taste. And you can develop a deeper uh, understanding of that. But mm -hmm. in general, there's not much there. Right. But yet the entire universe is in there mm -hmm. and, and the entire universe is inside of each one of us. Um, and water seems to be the grounded uh, mutator and people like grounding and mutating. That's kind of, and I'm like, well, think about the ocean. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It can be pretty calm and sitting on the ground level of right. its height, but then it breathes up and down. And then there's waves on the up and down, like the tides, mm -hmm. right? So there's all these frequencies that start having to get in rhythm with the whole system, right? And they mean mm -hmm. things like the wavier the water is, the more it evaporates. The, that kicks up the life cycle, you mm -hmm. know, up to the sky, back around, down deep into the earth, and, and it's feeding the breath of the inward water more, right? So when you, you know, if you're dehydrated, and, and I was, because I, I hated tap water, right? So I never drank right. it. I just never drank it unless I was dying of thirst. And when I did, it almost made me sick because I would like slug a bunch of it. Right. And it would sit in my stomach and I would get like nauseous from it. And it would mm -hmm. take a half hour for that to go away. All of us South Floridians can can relate. <laughs> I, got, I, I got a call. I got a call on some challenge water today from Florida where they were like, well, it's still maybe the water. And I'm like, yeah, we'll work on it. You know, it's not a it's not an overnight process with water from a technical perspective or your evolution and your relationship with yourself. So. I guess here's the big bonus. If you work, relationships are difficult, all of them, mm -hmm. because they're reflective and, and nothing is given, like just works all the time. That's not how creativity and nature works. Like there's resistance and there's challenge days and then there's easy days. It's kind of like uh, kayaking down a river, right? It can get, mm -hmm. it can get damn near deadly at certain spots, but you focus, you make it through it. And then you're kind of cruising along, taking a break. And then it's too slow sometimes. So there's this journey down the river of life where you get all these qualities, but th the facet of letting the water change you by observing the changes it's making, it's, it's, it's a living thing, but it's not like 
it's not in the human persona, but you almost have to treat it that way to evolve your mind, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then you can see somebody who actually eats worse, drinks good water, exercises more, and starts to hydrate real well because they accept that hydration is not drinking a chemical and more of it. It's that understanding that allows the hydration to occur, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. that's just kind of how the laws of the universe work is whatever you put attention to or whatever you're believing won't, it won't override high probabilities, but it will inhibit them pretty mm -hmm. easily. Meaning if you don't want to heal, if you think it's bad, no matter what, all the time, then you're going to rapid age because you're mm -hmm. under stress and you don't have any gratitude and you're not having a good time with the gift of life. And, and water is a super ultra simple way to have a better time with the gift of life because it's just the most simple gift of life there is. I mean, it's just so common sense that, well, as we define biological life in a cell, it's pretty much all water at that mm. point. 95% of a cell, an algae cell is water. It's got mm -hmm. some mineral in it and it's got a polysaccharide wall which we've actually found scientifically as the human collective. Many people now know this, that water will simulate cells and algae and polysaccharides out of itself. So yes. to me, that was like the blow away. To me, this should be on Broadway up in lights that we now have evidence of water, pure water with nothing in it, forming the beginnings of life. And it's not just doing cells. It's making like shapes Right. And now now you have a correlation with human pregnancy and cancer. So you got this life death parity going on that makes it go full circle. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to be afraid because it's actually pretty simple what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and if somebody's uh desperate, anxious, fearful, that's what breeds cancer. That's mm -hmm. that's the de that's the cells desperately trying to reproduce and, and it, it's destructive. It becomes self-destructive, right? Like if you mm -hmm. just, if you're doing something like say you're an athlete or say you're a painter or say you're a construction guy, there's an art to the finesse you use to bring the quality forward. And if you ignore that, then you just get the shitty version, right? You know, which is like, okay, this cell don't know what to do. And so it, it all it can do is secrete waste, which breeds bad bacteria, which is you know, a pathogen, which is just going to destroy your body. It's not even really cancer anymore. It's just a whole body state of self-destruction. And mostly people associate that with people who smoke or drink and they judge, right? These people are always judging other people from the couch. Um, and, you know, I would, I, I'm kind of writing a little manual on short circuiting a lot of these kind of health opinions. I'll mm -hmm. call them opinions of mine and how water centers them all. And how you might not know what to do, but if you start utilizing the water, um, it'll get you in touch with your intuition. So I'll go back to that again, that like when you're in fear and you're dehydrated, you're, you're either being forced into intuition, because I can mm -hmm. tell you when you get extremely dehydrated, you'll get very sensitive. And that's probably pushing death's bed a little bit. Right. Um, like the indigenous people, like the Mayans used to do 40 days, right? Oof, and they, very little fast. water and they, they face the ocean, you know, like Tulum, you know, the whole camp there, they put you in a hut and face the ocean. And that was to earn your way out of working class into philosophical class. And they mm -hmm. didn't, it wasn't gene or blood pool at all. It was, if you do the 40 day fast, you're qualified. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And what they say is when you would get so dehydrated that your body goes into a different mode and you can just sense stuff like you wouldn't believe. Yes. But if you if you choose to put yourself in that state in this world, it's hard to operate in this world because you'll start sensing like all sorts of stuff. So it's not about right or wrong. It's finding uh, where you want to be with your attitude and your self growth from the inside out. And and it's water's no better tool. The more you learn about water, the more you play with water, the mm-hmm. more you change the water, which is easy to change once it's alive. Yes. Uh, and there's layers of it. So industrially, I kind of worked with a super athlete robot version of water mm-hmm. uh, because it's programmed and trained to do a very specific high energy thing, like act like a laser and yeah. resonate with every substance it works with. All the way to, you know, what do you want this water to do for your body? And for me, I'm my morning routine is, you know, highly charged water that I'm very acclimated to, very used to, almost addicted to. And all I do is face the North Pole and say gratitude. I don't make a big, huge thing about it. I'm, I'm like, you, you know, you know what to do. I know what I need to work on. We just have gratitude, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm playing this picture from your Instagram account. Is this the super athlete of of water? No, this is actually I can't say who, but this is actually part of a micro water brewing plant. Uh huh. For uh, you know, somebody who's like a very articulate chef who's gonna bottle their own water. Oh, brilliant! Look and, at and- this. I can tell you're an artist. You don't like I saw this before before we started this interview and i was like this dude's an artist because anybody that has building stuff (laughs) yeah the technical expertise that goes into forming something like that is just magnificent yeah i really enjoy doing that with the companies moving more towards that like working with individuals face to face and I even travel and and I know I can't charge for it because I'm not local, but I'll drive a state, two states away to do installs for people. Yeah. And just give them a little more background behind the creation and and what to expect from it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't uh, it's a, it's kind of a new philosophy. I think it's needed to have like corporate level discipline in engineering and quality control but not forget to be a human being. And I'm getting a lot better at not being stuck in like robot, get it done. I'm a machine and I do stuff and I build stuff and, and more into uh, how can I share the gifts I've been given? And that's how I view it with other people. So they use it. And and that's one way, like what you just showed is really how I like to concrete it. And yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate the compliment and to me, it's everything, you know, and it never stops self-improvement, improving. It's a life's journey. It's like mm-hmm. healing. People are like, well, when am I going to be healed? I'm like, well, probably when you die, then you'll be healed. Yeah. It's uh, like, otherwise, it's a never ending journey of improvement. You know? Absolutely. It's like retirement. I'm never going to retire. The, <laughs> the work doesn't ever end. It's uh, it's this continuous, continuous action. Process, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like water. It's just a continual evolution and I, the less, the more I go with it, the less I know. And I'm like, well, I, I have to figure things out that are around me now by being fully observant versus mm-hmm. like trying to figure out in my mind before I get there. And that's, uh, 
that's uh we're really excited about this too we had we got approached by uh the beer and wine industry and wine and beer making because uh they started using the technology and saw massive improvements all through the process so you know our brand is is mostly health and health of water so we yes. didn't want to like drag alcohol into it but we are in we are engineers and we're into manufacturing better quality so we're really excited about forming a partnership and that's one of the modules out of what we call table wine unit and what is cool about this um is you can 100% tell the difference between a very passive uh you call it you know uh cohering heterodyning mm -hmm. interferometry type magnetic array yes and and it was really simple in the end i said all right if we when we scan this my goal is to remove the flux lines from the water pathway because i have this half knowledge mostly belief i have some experience with it but it's not repetitious enough in like a lot of different applications that when you remove the electromagnetic force concentration you allow room for the life force to come in and it's simple intelligence meaning if there's already electromagnetic signatures the ether doesn't want to like crowd that or stop that it's right. like oh something's already manifesting here so let's let it do its process and the life force will flow around that or through that but not like over influence it right but if mm -hmm. there's nothing there um and there's water present and then you insert life force into the equation we definitely have like basham rife pleomorphic behavior in the laboratory like by fat like i can steer things around with the life force quality of the water so we're kind of in that schauberger territory right uh, of going hey we're missing this pole a little bit in the water and, and we don't want to hammer it with a giant magnet that's like brute force type stuff mm -hmm. we just want to tickle it with a little bit of life force of the right color Right. And I think I think people will understand that as we move into the future, that color is kind of a life force quality. Mm -hmm. And if you can put the pump in that, just create a little induction, not mm -hmm. like not like drag racing style horsepower or anything like that, just really light and soft that it does more to the water in the long run. Than... Can, I, can I build on that for you? Yeah, yeah. Dive in. So I build domes, temescals, sweat lodges, um, amongst many things. And one of my first super Adobe instructors turned me on to building a temescal out of super Adobe. And so we used red clay as our bag fill. And, you know, I always had this fascination with brick, even though I was from South Florida, because my dad always liked the energetic of brick. And, um, and I like the feeling of brick in my hand. And then when I learned what vitrification was of the bauxite clay, it made sense to me that, oh my God, these are like little geomagnets. It's a, it's a non-ferrous material geomagnet because with vitrification, all the, all the molecules of the, of the substance, they all turn in a line and that's what makes it solid it's a, yeah kind of a different style of magnet from the uh group alignment view right coherence right within, within self yeah and so it was crazy because in northern mexico they will not do temescals without red brick or red clay 
And so I was asking one of the peyotistas, I was like, well, what's the deal with, with the red brick? Why is it specific to this? Because it's like, if you use yellow brick, you know, or if you use yellow clay with cob, or you use white clay, it'll set up better and it'll last longer and all this stuff. And he, he could care less. And he was like, the red, the, the red clay heals. And then a few years later, I saw all these studies of people doing sauna where if they had a red brick element in the sauna, when the heat would, would heat the mass of the bauxite clay, guess what was emitted from the red clay? Light force energy. Far, far infrared. Mm -hmm. And so then, then we're talking about the, our cells and I've had Dr. Thomas Cowan on and talking about like the real structure of cells and what they really are. Yeah. He's this, gotten like really deep lately. And yeah. so like, Holy crap. Like we don't even know what proteins are. Right. And, and, <laughs> I, and I would say like, you know, he's kind of on that deep dive and, and I, I try and like stay out of the over technical description of that world. Cause it's like, I've never seen a protein. I've never seen an atom. I can only look at the accumulation of things, but it makes perfect sense that mm -hmm. people who try and like stick figure define everything are probably not correct on how life forms, exactly. you know, and how things work, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like, well, I always just tell people carbohydrates, a CH in an O, right. Mm -hmm. And the proteins and NCH in an O. And that's, that's pretty much how the whole thing works. Right. And, and, and beyond that, I'm like, I don't think we know a whole lot. No. If we like do, it, if we do see small little snapshots in time. It's one, it, yeah. It's just one leaf on the tree, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the leaf on a tree so I can describe you the tree. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I've know. been around on a macro level. I've been around a person that's changed shape because they were schizophrenic or they were multiple what is that called um disassociative it's one of the ones where you have multiple personalities and when their personality would change their body would change like significant yeah, I call that i call that a spiritual deal like, right it's like i don't look at that as psychological i look at that as uh like when there's a big change to me and i have experience with this you know uh in a good lesson way, right? Not in a, a trippy way or a, or an unconscious way, in a very conscious lesson about spirits and exorcism. And it's a topic mm -hmm. I've been into since I was a little kid. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I've almost felt like- uh, Well, yeah, you an, do, because of the water. There's like an evil lurking around me when I was a kid. And I had to, like, my lesson was to learn how to hold my own space and get rid of it and not be afraid of it and make mm -hmm. peace with it. And I did that at some young age and it was like i was up all night all the time because of this feeling there was another presence in the room um so that kind of started deep with me because it was like to me that was my reality right even though people mm -hmm. might say well that's crazy you didn't but and then i listened to a manly hall his talk on obsession and pos possession yes <laughs> and he's like they're the same thing and so you can call in spirits for the good but but when one takes you over and you don't know it, you will actually see people change their entire yes. static demeanor. And that's what triggered me when you said I've seen them change. Yes. I'm like, Oh, I, I know people where they have like four distinct States. Mm -hmm. And once you get to know them really well, you can see by their physiology, which one they're going into. 
and yeah. and they they almost have zero conscious recollection of their actions or what they do or at least that's what they say yes when it's time to take responsibility for the actions and we're usually not talking about good stuff here when something forcefully enters a body mm-hmm. and then psychology names it multiple personality well we all have multiple personalities it depends on the environment right like you're going to be a lot tougher in a war situation if you ended up there whether mm-hmm. you intended it or not, then if you're sitting at the dinner table with flowers in the center with your favorite woman, you're, you're just going to be a totally different personality in the, in the sense you wouldn't change your philosophy, but your behavior is is different. That's way different than like like what you're talking about. And uh, I think there's a little bit of danger in the spiritual world of people not taking like the the unconscious meaning what you're totally unaware of inside of yourself and deep diving with that. You got to take that pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Um, even with water, right. You, you can, you can get out of your comfort zone pretty quick. And there's a lot of lessons you learn when you do the, the, you know, like the underworld, right. The inner view, yes. right? there's a lot of lessons in there. So that's what you got to be want to doing is learning and, uh, becoming less fearful. I, I figure that's what it's for. I realized people around me were afraid and I was afraid of certain things and it was, it just made more of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It made it manifest all that much more. So how like, do you, like, get, like, how do you get over it? Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of it's like, just go stay out in nature in the middle of nowhere for a couple of weeks and get over your fear of bears and mountain lions ripping you apart while you're sleeping and after a couple of weeks, you're like, gee, I know there's bears and mountains lying around, but they didn't destroy me while I was sleeping. So maybe that's not how nature works. Yes. R- r- right. So you get a new knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like later in my career of being a woodsman, like I didn't carry a gun anymore unless I was with somebody and I knew there was active mountain lions and I knew they were afraid of them. And they would go, why are you carrying a sidearm? And I go, I don't carry one when I'm by myself. And they were like, why are you carrying one now? Because I'm like, you're afraid of mountain lions. And I can tell it from a million miles away. And if I can tell it, they can tell it. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where the trouble begins with the cats. Yeah. The bears, they don't care whether you're afraid of them or not. You just kind of have to avoid them when they're in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And and mama mamas are always the most aggressive in nature when they have children, right? So they Definitely. don't give the all their the kind deer will beat the dog snot out of somebody taking pictures of it if it thinks it's fawns in threat. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's these sides to it, but the real world is actually trying to give, and we've been programmed like to not receive and be fearful. And to right. me, that's what the water starts rewiring in your body. Yes. The, the ability don't to know that it, it's kind of like, what? That's dissonant. You know what I mean? What you're mm-hmm. all right. I'll support you in this. But the way I lean is let's just move around it and, and keep, keep going and enjoy the movement of the journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how humans really are in the sense, but it's so simple. The mind doesn't want to like, it don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? so. Yeah. The ability to receive I've seen this in trauma states in people. So depending on when the trauma occurred when they were little, they'll actually get, they'll shield themselves appropriately. They'll have a buffer. And then they'll build all their psychology, all their archetypes, all their sub sub, uh, personalities around not receiving. 
and like one after another of watching people go from being let's let's just call it for lack of a better term dehydrated or spiritually um a better a way of saying it is uh, a spiritual dependent meaning out there somehow some way i'm gonna i i'm gonna have to make it happen myself it's not my environment is not going to actually give it to me and it's a very good way to to put it that's what's going on somewhere in the subconscious layer that becomes conscious at times right, right? and it doesn't matter what the signaling from the environment is the signaling from the environment the entire time could be could be giving but because the person's projecting that out they they only see what their projection is and then as the body there's this really unique change that happens with our hardware our physiology whence hydration actually starts to happen like for me personally it took like a good six months of living on a farm that had spring water where I was bathing in it and drinking it because I had come from an environment that it was all chlorinated and like, I mean, it was South Florida water. It had all the, 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 the insolubles in it. The water is all at <laughs> sea level. They pump sewage into it. Like it's just not, it's not what you want to be putting in or on your body. And so it took me a good six months to purge and have my system. And I was reading Shaw Burger and Callum Coates and really coming to love the element of water, like what the actual essence of essence, water. Right. Yeah. And love the essence. And then I had this pop and nice people said it was like the pineal gland, like calcification, calcification of the pineal opening. Who's to say what it is? Like, I don't have any proof of what it was, right, right. <laughs> but there was a pop in the middle of my head and I, in the, in the world became brighter at that point. Okay. It's like an instantaneous turning point, like a pole yeah. shift. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I could think I could have long-term thought like before that, let's just say in my dehydrated state, I would have thoughts and segments. And a lot of the frustration of my youth was I knew I could be better. I knew I could produce more, but my thought streams were segmented. And then after that pop, I could have like a paragraph or a page long thought with no segmentation. Okay. Yeah, I get it. And I was like my potential, I felt like my potential came online. And then from that point, it started building domes and building reciprocal roofs and all this weird stuff but in a way it all honored the water because it's all curvilinear it's all flow form they all you know it's all built on on phi it's like and it's one of these things where it's like when i really started to love the essence of water and understand what that was to my constitution my world reflected that and I think most people don't understand that that inside outside as within so without correspondence that you know I that I know a lot of the natural philosophers a lot of the hermeticists believed in. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's kind of the kind of the basis is breaking through uh, layers of the matrix of the mind. Let's not say it's an outer thing let's say it's an inner thing mm -hmm. and, and learning how to get in flow with creation where you're altering time right we all know that people go to work and the 
you know, in the box world. Right. And they're like, Oh, her stays dragging on and, you know, blah, blah. And, and then there's a drama where they get in fights and then that, that accelerates time. Cause you're not really thinking about work anymore. It's more about like, you know, animalistic competition and stuff like this. And mm-hmm. very like, uh, underdeveloped you know in the adult sense in my opinion of what the human being is capable of the potential but they also aren't aware fully conscious of all the impediments they have in that world right Mm -hmm. like we i was just talking today with uh kyle dake and and he was working with somebody and he was like when they went off into nature like a lot of this stuff that you know we're doing the water the supplement whatever it was all kind of working but it wouldn't really stick or cohere or get into a rhythm but then when they go to this island that's quiet and disconnected from everything all these things start synergizing to where they feel like they feel a huge gain happening right and i was like yeah i have this other client who uh adopted a kid who was from a drug abuse mother where it was kind of born with uh, autism to a degree mm mm-hmm. And she was doing everything, raising this kid. And we talked about the water, you know, so about where to go with the water. She tried it in stages. And she was like, where it really took off was, you know, when they moved to Montana and got out in nature. And so, you know, we do have this stress uh, in civilization that people are aware of, but they're not really aware of how uh noisy it is mm-hmm. how stressful it can be in the uh, in the total unconscious realm mm-hmm. right sometimes i take devices and scan people's computers and make them put headphones on and i go this is what your computer is vibrating like all day long when you're on it and i go now if i put that into your ears you can't handle it for 5 minutes but the water in your body knows every one of those vibrations like to a t dude i can't i can't stress this enough i was just talking to my producer this morning he's a 24 year old young man he's never not had an electronic device hooked to him his entire life Mm -hmm. and he's having problems sleeping and he's somebody that doesn't do drugs he doesn't he lives you know he lives on my farm like he lives we have the best spring water here we're next to blue spring in Missouri, like we have incredible water, beautiful naturalesque surroundings, and he can't sleep. And so I told him, I was like, look, I've done this experiment with, with myself and other clients where it's not enough to have your cell phone in another room. It's not enough to have your Wi-Fi router, you know, turned off. All these things have to be turned off and unplugged because they emit a frequency and that frequency is disturbing you and it's disturbing you all the time and your body, you know, sleep is for rest is for restoration and your body cannot find your body doesn't even know what restoration means. And that, and oh that, yeah. You can, and you can get stuck in those modes. Like in the military yeah. there, there was a, up. you don't need sleep. If something's going on that's important, you know, maybe a couple hours a night. And once you start pulling that off, you're like, damn, I can like only sleep a couple hours a night and function. 
And then if you bring that into your lifestyle, man, you end up, you know, cortisol, adrenaline, high speed, low pH, you know, low pH is speed. So, you know, acid isn't bad, but mm-hmm. uh, too much speed is certainly bad. And and then your organs start to harden up then, then, and so on and so on. Right. And then eventually somebody puts a label on it and says, you have diabetes, you have cancer, you have mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. It's all the same thing of body balance. And, and here's what I have to tell myself. Cause my mind's very like, yeah, we can do this. You know, we can, we can stay up for five days straight and build this and get it done because that's what everybody agreed to rather than saying, Hey, no, we are wrong. We're off. We want to do this with quality and slow down. Like, you know, I always deliver jobs on time and they always worked with quality and I prided myself on that. Mm-hmm. These are big jobs, you know, they're not like little things. And, and then I was like, you know what? It ain't worth it. It's just so not worth it. It was fun to see if I could ride that rodeo. Mm-hmm. But as I gain wisdom, I'm like, oh, man, when I hit 40, I was like, OK, I way over borrowed from this body for way too long. The biological and, debt. And I, now I got to pay that debt back and I and I'm going to learn from it. And it's going to be deep and difficult. And I don't mind that because I learn well. I learn firsthand, you know. And, uh, I, I ended up being grateful for it, but it was hard. You know what I mean? Come, like you said, it was the, where no matter how much you hydrate hydration is like breathing. So there's times when your body will run drier mm-hmm. and times when it'll run wetter and you don't want to force it out of that equation. You want to let it, you want to dehydrate a little bit on a certain line. Right. And now we have a different definition of dehydration, right? Clinical dehydration versus like daily, like, Hey, I'm going to not even use water for six hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there was a point in my life where I had to drink water every half hour on the hour and just to stay alive. Wow. Like, there was no, and I tried not to mm-hmm. like, so, okay, I'm not going to drink. And it was like, my body went into a panic, like no drink that water because I, my blood was just so poisonous from a root canal reaction from mm-hmm. 20 years, of you know, plowing it. Like it was, you know, I just pushed on everything and ran right. hard, but I also at 40 years old, probably had more experience in life than most 80 year olds, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I love diversity. I was very rarely in judgment of other people. So that mm-hmm. allowed me to, to travel in and out of groups like freely without yes. concern, because I didn't carry any judgment. I, I, and, and I guess in business, it probably got me in more trouble than it was worth because I probably should have assessed some things better, mm-hmm. but I still wouldn't judge those people. Uh, you know, having compassion and empathy are two different things. Yes, it is. And, and, and basically like I've always, I was born empathetic and learned to be incompassionate. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm like, I need to get some of that compassion back and be less of a engineering machine robot and kind of get back into my nature mode. Yeah. You know, it, it's a very extreme life for me of going from one extreme to another. And then, you know, at my age now it's the wisdom trying to twist those two poles together like water does. Right. And the magic that comes when, when those two poles are far apart and you wind them together correctly, whether it's water or electricity. Now you're talking like Tesla Schauberger stuff and it's yeah. so simple, right? Yes. So simple, like, yeah. So I'm gonna show a couple, a couple pictures here from from your site 
dealing with water and what you were kind of explaining right there was the caduceus. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like talk like to say that that is the DNA spiral. But as we were talking earlier, Cowan and a bunch of uh, very intrepid scientists are showing that what they're calling DNA and what DNA and genes are isn't, it could just be structured water. It could, it be, could be, it could <laughs> be water structured in that shape to, to it's, let's say it's most receptive state. Um, and uh, just to give you a little background, so you know who you're who, who you're speaking to in a way phenomenologically, I've done this experiment with your with these uh, dimpled balls, mm-hmm. the the thing that I, that uh, I brought up before. Yeah, flow uh, forms. These flow forms. I've built the heart shaped flow forms. Um, these this flow the where the water is going around and and has these little dimples the these dimples create micro cavitations correct is that what it does there's like yeah yeah and we don't even know now that we like with the atomic force microscope which is looking at still water yes now we're like we probably don't even know Uh, in engineering we get into this with color scans and fluid flow and nozzling Yes. So if you look, if you look in between the flow form uh, section, we call it or a stage. Yes. What you have is a venturi yes. in between the spheres, right? So you got this vacuum. It doesn't happen as much with the portable as it does with like pressure inline devices. But basically, you got vacuum pressure, vacuum pressure. So you're breathing the water, right? Yes. So it's kind of like a stationary decanter. Um, if you get into Schauberger. Uh, what the let's call those scales now, right? These these micro cavitations or these rough 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 surface, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you really get, which the drawing doesn't show there, marketing people hate me because I'm like so technical. Well, I'm like technically that's not correct, but what you get is a reversal with a lot of uh energy. This is where Schauberger talked about the levitating trout. Yes. Which I've seen personally. I've seen too. A, I've seen too. Yeah, it's so that is so trippy. And I knew nothing of Schauberger. And so, you know, I was a fly fishing guide and I was like, how do these how do these little bastards get all the way up to here? You know what I mean? And I watched one like try and try and try. And it did it right in front of me while I was uh-huh. standing next to the waterfall. And I was just blown away by it. It was one of those life's events where I'm like, nobody's gonna believe me. Right. You know what I mean? And then I read about Schauberger talking about it and how it works. Well, you know, if we had our druthers on the bottom side of these uh, spheres, we would have like uh, scales. I've actually looked at these designs where the scales would flutter. Instead of a dimple. So, instead of a dimple, because they, they, they will create more up force in the water, which is a cancellation. So the downforce is the physical, the water is flowing downward. We see that, but look at a river. Water is flowing backwards all the time in a river. And you, you know this if you're a fisherman and you yes. get in the water. Um, So like, there's that right where you're like a fisherman and you're like, I just cast it in the water. My line should be going downstream, but it's actually going backwards. Mm-hmm. It's flowing against the upstream current and the fish are sitting in there. Um, expending zero energy in the neutral zone. 
right? Kind of mm-hmm. like you talked about with the magnets and mm-hmm. and you know heterodyning and phase conjugate, right? Right. And and like the phase conjugate that nobody gives a lot of credit is silence or disappearance. Mm. Right? Turn it all off. And it's ne- it's never quiet. Like, you mm. know, people are like, oh, you go out and get some peace and quiet in nature. Like there's points in nature where the forest is so loud. Right. And then, and then there's days where it's silent and you're like, what is going on? Why mm-hmm. is it like it's almost eerie, right? Because you get used to that environment. The birds are like kicking off vibrations to you that mm-hmm. uh, that help you heal, that help you regenerate, that help you grow, that help you learn, right? So it's one big system that I'm not going to say is perfectly constructive, because then it would be a cancer, it'd be a runaway growth. Right. But it's 90% constructive and 10% self-regenerating, meaning it's going to die uh, and be rebuilt with better quality. And that's the pur- only purpose of dying. And it's just extremely temporary, right? It's totally, it, it's a temporary affair. Our, everything that is carboniferous returns to the carbon realm. And as anybody that knows the the spirit world or let's call it from a scientific perspective the radionics or scalar world um your mind isn't contained in your body and i would like to talk a little bit about what you think is the because i i know I don't know how it works, but I know that there's something with the water, the waters within and the waters without that have everything to do with mind and spirit. And to define spirit, I'll call spirit the active aspect of one's will. And your will, your will can be combined with thy will, the greater will. When I say thy will, it's not just a bad thing. It's not just a, a let's say, a um, somebody that is being uh, greedy. Your will is dynamic. And that's why I give the, the name spirit to that. And I've noticed with higher quality water and higher quality hydration, like knowing that my environment is constantly providing for me, like all will be provided for. If I ask, I shall receive. There is this, there's this exchange that occurs in somehow, some way, the universal solvent is part of it. And I came across uh, radionics a while back, and they were talking about how the solvents, what they were thinking of the solvents in the fluid of the air, because our air is a fluid, the the air that we breathe is a fluid. Mm -hmm. All these dissolved solvents that are that are actually in this, this medium, at least from a matter perspective, I think there's more subtle things going on. Um, They reflect, they deflect, they insulate, they do all these different things. But our mind, like our, our, our physical body is essentially an antenna. It's a water antenna <laughs> that has locomotion. And that water antenna that has locomotion has this conjugate 
it, it has this algorithmic connection to the fluid, the water that's actually around the body. And that algorithmic fluid connection is actually how we're not only interpreting our own internal thoughts, but it's actually how our senses are actually being actuated. It's, it's not just this, uh, there's a nerve and a synapse and there's this mm -mm. electrical line that, you know, and an impulse. It's, it's a whole body resonance that happens simultaneously. So there's, there's not a signal that travels from your fingertip to your brain in the pure function of water or your body. It happens at the same time. It's instantaneous. It happens. Yeah. It's instantaneous. It's instantaneous. And I, I was a pro athlete. I have tons of friends that are pro athletes all of us, but I'll speak up for myself in, in person, they would film my body. And this was back in the day and they could still film at like 120 frames per second. And they would be able to show that my body would make micro movements before the stimulus actually occurred. It's so, like the, it's like the liver starts producing enzymes for what you're going to eat a half hour before you eat it. Now, how does the billiard right? ball <laughs> Newtonian physics account for that? There's no freaking way. There's no freaking way that because a cat has one less, you know, neuron that it reacts so fast. You know, I was told that BS when I was growing up in biology. There's life is instantaneous. It's happening. Da, 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 da. In our subconscious mind, what we call subconscious mind is just that aspect of our being that is recording all the data <laughs> that our conscious mind was too slow to pick up because our conscious mind is slow. Mm -hmm. And so, but the mind isn't here. It's not the gray matter. I should say it's not only the gray matter. It's this fluid body that is around us. And the fluid body has solvents. And if you really think about that term, solvents, the solvents actually allow you to solve existence. If you let it, like if you have that projection. What a great analogy of like getting into the uh, the synonymous principle of, of the universe and what it's about and how it polarizes and how it manifests and what its primary desire is you know i mean the earth the tree doesn't eat the earth and the earth doesn't eat the tree they both grow at the same time duh right. mm -hmm. but if you thought most people would tell you that the earth the tree steals the nutrients from the earth mm -hmm. and and so the earth would have to get used up and you can't have too many anything because all this material will get used up and then we'll be out of it right and, and that's a program of oh the universe is going to run out of stuff like geez geez like what is actually happening? We're not running out of anything. Right. You know, we're just changing form all the time. And there's this inertia to that. And water seems to be able to speed up and slow down and change form like nothing else in the density of driving the points you're talking about into manifest, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the idea, which is, say, a vibration but the vibration doesn't hold. And then there's a lot of vibrations and they combine to hold form or shape. Mm -hmm. And then the longer that's been into play, 
not from a time perspective, more from a momentum perspective. Like it builds up a theoretical mass, if that makes sense. It doesn't weigh mm -hmm. anything yet. And then all of a sudden, all these layers combine, accumulate, and kick critical mass, and, and matter pops into being. And we see it all the time with water. Uh, you know, scientists go bananas, but water all the time is breeding atoms. Mm -hmm. So under certain circumstances, you can accelerate this and decelerate this. But a lot of times, the more you try and decelerate water's natural function, the harder it'll pop out with the creation but it'll just be delayed and digital. Right. And then the other way is it will gently just keep evolving and, whoa, it's making sodium. Now, now it's making calcium. Now it's simulating cells. Now it's simulating bacteria now. And it's like, what is it doing? Well, it's working with the environment. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, we need more of these. Okay. Yeah. We'll make more of these. And I think maybe the highest significance of this is, mothers who are pregnant understanding that the water in their body is most likely responsible for early development of mm -hmm. their child. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I, and I see mothers intuitively getting this where they're just like, I have to de-stress. I have to check out of this. I need to change my diet. I, it's like, they just got downloaded the program, you know, through water of what they need to do to their physical form to, to make, and at the same time, there's oversteer with like avoiding the struggle, right? Like struggle has purpose, but it's not to, to suffer or to get caught in suffering. It's to right. work your way out of suffering and progress mm -hmm. and to teach people that and get that in their attitude. Um, you know, water to me is just like a, the vehicle of manifest that most expresses how the universe works. So it's, it's not really about water. It's about how everything works and water just condenses that a bit better for us. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it occupies the biggest spiritual porthole in my opinion, and the biggest physical porthole in mm -hmm. my opinion. And so nothing bridges the spiritual to the physical and it, and it, and if you want to change both of those, it's like, well, use the bridge because, because mm -hmm. you know, we're not always together on that. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's the challenge that our physical body and our spiritual body and our mind, um, you know, which isn't as needed as much as we think it is. It isn't. <laughs> In the end, I'm like, damn, I really don't. This thing works really good on me, but I really don't need it. I just no. need to. I need to quiet down and, and observe, right? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you this question. I ran this experiment for a few years. What I did was I took essentially a glass-bound Tervis cup. So you know the Tervis, how, how it has a gap between the outer cylinder and the inner cylinder. So I made my own out of used mm -hmm. bottles, and I filled it with magnetite because where I was living – in Central America, there was tons and tons of magnetite. And so I filled it with magnetite. So I made essentially a magnetite sleeve. And then on the new moon, I would put distilled water in, in, the, in the craft. And then for a, a full month, I just let that distilled water take all the, all the luminary energy, whether it was the sun, the moon, the stars, or whatever. And at the end of the month, and sometimes I let some of these bottles decant for over a year because <laughs> I'd forget about it. I'd put them all over my yard. And inside the bottles, 
there would be crystals. Now, how could there be crystals if the water was completely clean in a completely clean bottle and it was distilled water, so it was technically dead water. But, you know, I know my life force has energy and, you know, I, I had intuition that the, the energetics of the, of the stellar sphere of the earth itself would have an influence on the water. Cause the people that, that told me about this experiment, they kind of, um, they spilled the beans on me. They, they kind of let me know, you'll be really surprised what's going to happen. What's going to happen? The little rainbow flake crystals? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've grown them too. <laughs> so what is that? Have you looked at that with your... I, I think it, it's what we would call transmutation, you know? Some of the scientists tried to say that uh, the the pH, um, you know, was such that it makes the glass etch. So those were glass chips in there. No. And... I actually completely debunked that and with another experiment, right? But mm -hmm. um, I did it with uh, water plasma condensate, which is a uh, high spin mm -hmm. state acid, but there's no chemical in it. it uh -huh. It's completely pure. Right? So is it, that it, from a plasma arc torch? Flame, yeah. And you condense yeah. that in a boiler, sealed off from the environment, has exhaust on it, right? So the and vapors can escape. Is that what George Weissman calls new water? Are you familiar with maybe uh, I don't really pay attention to George too much anymore. I worked with him a little bit back in the beginning and he, and uh, I love the guy, but technical engineering wise, I was just way ahead of where the Browns gas people were. Yeah. And uh, so basically I was making a sun mm -hmm. out of, out of the so-called Browns gas or you... water plasma, right? Yes. The and sun that, is water. <laughs> yeah. And in that process, um, the condensate was a pH of, uh, I could drive it down to about two. And it had wow. virtually no TDS in it. It was like undetectable. And then I suspended it in a north, north uh, neodymium magnet container. Mm -hmm. And I checked it um once a couple of weeks for about three months and i didn't see anything and then about five years later i was going through my toolbox and i found the sample jar and when i pulled it out the ph was 12.3 and it was full of those rainbow crystals wow and like when you shake it it's like one of those like you know yeah it's glitter the, yeah, exactly yeah. it's like a snow globe with all the glitter in it and then I met another person who also made them. And you're uh -huh. the first person who I've talked to that did it like very, like naturally, like, you know, yeah, with the magnetite and by moonlight. Yeah. So I had al an alchemist tell me the these were alchemists that they wouldn't call themselves alchemists because they were a high level physics people, mm -hmm. but they were in the world of growing precious metals. Mm-hmm. And so um, they told me about this experiment because I was a newbie and I was actually, I met them when I was selling this Mojo device, which was an orgone accumulator, a spherical orgone accumulator. And they really liked the inventor and myself. They, and they kind of, one of them, one of the older gentlemen, he took me under his wing and everything was by snail mail. And he was like, Hmm. What the alchemist called the prima material is, is magnetite. 
And I was like, I knew nothing about alchemy. I just knew I was like, oh, the prima material, the black, the black material that you're trying to make into the white material, you know, the whole thing. And so it just happened to be that I lived near a beach that had tons of it. So I would take my magnets and I would, I would get to the beach early in the day and I would just like scoop the sand to the side and I let the sun dry it. And then I'd come over with a really strong speaker magnet and I would just collect like ton, not tons, not technically tons, but let's just say hundreds of pounds of magnetite. And then I started doing these experiments. And what they told me was water as the universal solvent. Well, it, what it what it's always doing is the sun is pure information. And so what that what occurs is the water within and the water without starts to communicate to each other and through if magnetite the prima material is is in between the waters within and the waters without there are rays from the sun that will move through everything like nothing blocks certain rays of the sun so certain rays of intelligence move through both the waters without and within and as they're moving through there's a communication of the medium between and because the prima material carries every single metal within it, what starts to occur with the waters within is the formation of those metals. I would agree. Yeah. You, we can basically, the conversation on the deep level is that we can take any element like trash, like mm -hmm. nuclear waste, doesn't matter. This is just a universal principle that we can gently disassemble it back into protons and neutrons mm -hmm. and reassemble it. And the place it's going to ground to the most, it's going to disassemble and reappear to is water. The mm -hmm. most we could turn it into something else. Right. But if you naturally short the circuit back to water, it will go to water. Mm -hmm. And so this is for the future of cleaning up trash. Right. So we go, we disassemble things back into a resource like when people say the amount of water is the same as it's always been and that's never going to change that's completely not true water is born in your cells by yes. combining you know a proton and oxygen right and mm -hmm. then it's new water in there right and then it immediately goes into a journey of rapid learning and acclimating to the body um at that point, the memory is broke of the hydrogen being once water, right? It's separated now and it's a restart of the cycle. And same exact thing you're speaking of on the other side of the coin is that we can take H2O and assemble it up and give birth to matter. And we don't, we don't even know if it's like H2O. Like we're actually doing measurements on like reducing and seeing if we can see it in the water weight like if the material disappeared and turned into water weight yeah but then we're just like who cares whether it was born out of thin water just mm -hmm. popped up like out of the ether or whether it was transformed to or from water like who cares because the the beauty of it's already there and mm -hmm. the goal has already been met and if we're not afraid of having lack we know we're not going to run out of water and we know we're not going to run out of the material and it's it's all like the womb of of transition from idea to material world is what i consider water to be 
it's more that's... transitory than it is like a substance that sits there and does X, right? It, right. It's like, it's literally to me, it's become like the physical porthole where if I had to pick one thing that out of in my toolbox of things I would want for my body and medicine and energy, mm-hmm. I'd just go with the water. Right. You know what I mean? I think about it all the time and I'm like, this is how I like really committed to the water. If there was one thing that's simple that we can focus on as human beings consciously and, and, and get this inertia and synergy going, even if it's 10 people mm-hmm. uh, that really get the depth of this, like that's what I'm going with. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I There was a lot of directions I could have went with the way the universe works and energy systems. And to me, water was just uh I got locked into it like it was an invitation to a place that I never wanted to leave. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's changed any. And it's amazing the alchemy that that you're talking about. It's unfortunate um, that if you're really into that and you're into business and scale, that those things are probably still disruptive, probably aren't ready. But what's cooler you know, my mindset and inertia was from heavy industry and big scale, right? So, mm-hmm. of course, that's where I want to go with good things because they're the biggest polluters and the biggest inefficiencies. And, you know, that 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 was the world I grew up in. But the reality is I'm kind of like super glad I've hit this point in the last year where like it's more about the grassroots and getting down to earth. And we're going to like de-internet our business and start doing more regional stuff, mm-hmm. getting face to face. It's not like we turn the Internet off. But we're not going to make that our our primary goal isn't to connect with strangers sparsely populated all over the globe to make a successful business. Mm -hmm. We we can support that. But what we really want to support is, you know, I'm not putting devices in your home to do ABC. You're hiring me to take care of your water. And we start with simple and Mm -hmm. we keep going until we get it there. Whereas the... The clients are actually like, ah, yours didn't work. I'm trying another one. I'm trying another one. I'm trying another one. They keep trying all this different stuff and they have no acclimation time. They don't understand the alchemy of their home. Mm -hmm. You know, how slow some of these subtle energies change and how slow their body's going to change, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because if, if we were conscious of how rapid all the changes are, it would be like a chaotic mess to us. Yeah. It kind of is getting that way a little bit in modern society Mm -hmm. and that water's buffering ability to slow things down and gentle them out and calm them down is like that persona motherly or fatherly. That's good, good in the mother and father principle. Mm -hmm. A lot of people's minds work. Well, if this is good, then this has to be bad. I'm like, why can't you have like good and both working together? Like that's what Mm -hmm. synergy is, is two makes eight. Right. You know, that's where we want to be. And it's exciting to learn about this uh, inner world, if you will, uh, and have water make it somehow tangible. Yes. It feels more tangible when we express it in water. Whereas if we study the ether and the weird behavior of the universe out there in the macroscope, it's like, it's a, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. It seems like, you know, water can zero that out a little bit too with dreaming and vision. And like you said, the pineal gland, we've had a lot of people, especially women who feel their pineal gland cleaned out because they started having vivid dreams Yes. And lucid dreams, like, especially for the first year after they switched to 
you know, mm-hmm. from from just tap water to put it through a portable. Yeah, that's all they did because they were drinking their tap water anyways. They didn't care. And then you, these people uh, will hit a point where they're like, gee, I don't want the tap water anymore the way it is. I like this technology, but I'm going to spend some money on further. And like, to me, you could water's like one of the most infant. We do light therapy on water. We do mm-hmm. magnetics on water. We do vibrational of all different types, right. And experiment with what seems to work the best and what doesn't. And really what we found is let it don't ever try and pin the water down too hard. <laughs> let it evolve. Let it be free. Let mm-hmm. it adapt. It knows what it's doing way more than we do, right? And, and then be simple with it. So, like, the more stuff we would do to the water, the more confused it unless it worked. Mm-hmm. So, if we just, like, put one color and one frequency into the water, like, that mm-hmm. isn't actually a single frequency. There's a whole bandwidth going in there. That that would work. But then when we would like try and take shortcuts and put a thousand different frequencies in there, whatever, mm-hmm. it just would, it would act like it got noisy and be less effective. So all this study and deep dives, you know, I learned, let it evolve, expect it to evolve and be simple. So are you simple saying, you are, are you better. saying the water is trying to teach you the kiss method? Keep it yeah, simple. Yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Give me a big fat wet kiss. That's... Oh, my great, like, I'm talking measurable efficiencies. The biggest gains were from the simplest damn things. And I'm like, oh, my God, it took me five years to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and like, I kind of knew it was there the whole time, but I never acted on it. And once I acted on it and I was like, oh, there it is. Then I like that one little change opened up the door to understanding like weather systems and electricity and clouds and plasma. And like, I'm like, Oh, you want, want me to make it rain? And, you know, I have a micro system here and I can flip this switch and make it humid and, and cool it down and it will rain mm-hmm. and I can make it lightning. You'll see the lightning watch. I'll put my finger next to the machine. It'll shock me. There's the lightning strike. And now look at all the, the water moisture all over the machine on the inside. Mm-hmm. Cause I had clear, I'm like, and I can dry it out like a desert. So I I felt like I was given the electrical equation that makes a desert Mm -hmm. and the electrical equation that makes a tropical forest. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's an electrical condition. It's not just like temperature alone or the, the jet stream or the random weather patterns. It's like standing inertia within the earth and you can either work with it or against it. Can I tell you what I've, what I've experienced? Cause this goes into my training and polarity therapy Mm -hmm. with massage. Mm -hmm. So where I lived in Central America, the ground was all bauxite. It was red clay. Oh my God. Aluminum. It's poisonous. It'll Uh, kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Aluminum silicate. But that, that ground was very paramagnetic and the moon cycles had a much more, uh, I guess you would say distinct influence on people in a paramagnetic environment. And then I've now moved to the Midwest. I live on one of the largest limestone bedrock shelves in in North America. That's where you're at now? Yeah. And here the ground is much more diamagnetic and people are much more that way too. And the way diamagnetism felt is, 
there's a direction. It's almost like if somebody's wearing, um, you know, blinders, like when you become diamagnetic, you move in one direction. You can go backward focus. and forth on that axis, but there's focus. In a paramagnetic environment, you're going in all directions at all, all times. And so the tropical energy was such, it was that paramagnetic energy. It was pew, 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 pew. And now living in, in, I don't even know what this environment's called at like the 40th parallel or not parallel, but 40th um, degree latitude that it's, there's seasons here, but there's always a direction. There isn't this, it, it, it is dipolar. And so did that have anything to do with your experimentation with your machine with the electrical conditions? Oh yeah, for sure. There's like hidden poles in there and, yes. and they're infinite. And, and so you can unfold things or rewind things and lean. Um, I would explain it like this. Uh, so our normal polarity that we think of mentally left or right, all this stuff, up or down, higher mm -hmm. or lower, right? Um, separates from the whole and kind of gives us a, a multitude of directions. It's not diamagnetic, magnetic, or paramagnetic yet, right? It's just possibilities. And so what you see is um, the teeter-totter goes back and forth, and then you see things like, oh, uh, Kangen, high pH water is amazing, and like they don't even talk about like the center gas water plasma that happens in their systems is possibly being the attribute of positive quality for health. And they're busy fighting over whether it's oxygen or hydrogen that's doing the positive work, right? Cause they want an explanation. They want a reason mm -hmm. little, you know, side example. And so basically you see this infinite layer that words can't describe anymore. And if you had to picture it, the teeter-totter runs by the fulcrum moving almost so you can't even tell. And the teeter-totter goes around in a circle. Mm -hmm. And at any given time, somebody might be heading towards the centripetal, tipping inward mm -hmm. or tipping outward. And you could leave and lean it to where one person's way up in the air and the other person's close to the ground and they're in balance spinning around each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And the fulcrum is the only thing driving this thing. And it's got a little wobble and it's got a little left and right, depending on your perspective. If it's a top down. You can see the eccentric. If it's a side view, you just see the back and forth oscillation. Mm -hmm. And that's really how all atoms and matter and energy are operating. And when you unlock that, that's where you kind of get the technical definitions of paramagnetic. I mean, we use a lot of paramagnetic material or like in chemistry, they would tend to call it electronegative, meaning it likes to steal electrons. Mm -hmm. And look, they put negative connotation in it because it don't need to steal electrons. It will manifest the electrons. Mm -hmm. It's just attractive forces, right? Mm -hmm. So first we have centripetal inward attractive forces, mm -hmm. and then we have magnetic pressural outward forces. If you ask anybody the definition of magnetism, they'll tell you it's attraction. And it's not no. magnetism is pressure rings going outward, which is how matter forms right mm -hmm. against resistance without the resistance, the magnetic field would just take off across the universe and be gone. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, all these things of resistance and non-resistance and expansion and contraction is, is all that's going on in the universe. So like when 
uh, I do fancy language in engineering and I try and curb it. But when I'm talking to really fancy doctors or scientists, I go, tell me whether we're in at this moment of description. Are we breathing in right now? Or are breathe is the cell breathing in or is the cell breathing out primarily? I know are it's they, doing both. Wait, at the cells same time. breathe? What? And, 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 you know, the whole universe is just expanding and contracting in three dimensions. And that's our simple view, right? And there's stuff beyond our perception inside of that view and outside of that view. I noticed when you were talking about the inner water and the outer water mm -hmm. is really like these manifest energies that are ready to come into being. And it, uh, it happens through water. Undoubtedly, we haven't found it happening for scientific fact in anything else yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and even when there's air, there's water in the air always. So there's this uh, material... If I would call water the material prime. Yes. You know, that's what I would call the material prime. And then the carbon forms following that, you know, different layers of it. You know, I, I was up. This is the first time I'd ever did this. I was probably like 32. Actually, I think I was Jesus's age. It's kind of funny. I'm bringing this up. I was 33 and it was the first time I ever got in four degree temperature water the Savegre river up in the Quetzal Valley of Costa Rica. And, um, I never knew what a baptism was until that moment. <laughs> Cause you know, you know what, you, you know what happened to me the first time real quick. Go ahead. I was, I was fly fishing and I, and like, um, you know, I'm pretty lean. So like once I get cold to the bone, I'm cold to the bone. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that motion has to do it. Well, I was standing in waist deep water in shorts and it was the runoff and it's a spring in Wyoming, best trout fishing in the world, in my opinion. And I couldn't believe that I, my legs never got cold. And I felt like the water was actually keeping my body warm because it was like 58 degrees outside and I'm in uh -huh. a fishing vest and shorts and sandals. Uh -huh. And I'm like, why is this 39 degree water? Cause I paid attention to the fish cycles and the temperatures yes. Why does it feel like it's warm around my legs? And I had, I, it, it actually it felt warm. It was supplying you energy. Yeah, right. That's the way I interpreted it and later in life. So sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead with your well that's experience. that that's what I think the baptism actually is, is it's this spiritual experience that usually happens through water where you're you're submerged. So it's just like being reborn again, because you come out of your mother, what happens? The water breaks. You know, you're in this wonderful, you know, structured amniotic fluid that breaks and you, you come out and hey, here you are to the world. So when you're reborn through the process of, um, and by the way, everyone, this is just my take on it. I'm not claiming that this is the way Christians look at it, but like, when you actually are baptized, you're in the the waters of life again, and you're submerged, and then you come out, and you're completely revitalized. Like you're 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 totally know that your environment has you, God has you, like that you're taken care of. It's it's the faith. It's like okay, here I am. I, I'm being supplied energy, yeah, and the, the holy of of being in it like waiting as a fisherman like if i didn't get in the water it was 
not at all the same experience as right. fishing from the bank. Right. Just completely disconnected somewhat from that spiritual, raw, visceral experience mm-hmm. that you just know. And it's like, where's all this energy come from? It'd be like, I would just go fishing to heal, not to catch fish or be- yes. it was just like, I don't know what happens here, but mm-hmm. it's amazing. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, even on the ocean, I've been out sailing, out fishing on the ocean where the mist and the minerals and I'm like, I'm just completely like recharged. Definitely. You, you know, it's, it's it, there. So there's all these different forms, right. Of mm-hmm. this experience. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, the mother principle outward and the father principle is, is not hidden too deep within inside of water. You can actually pull it out in vibrations and go, look what it does here. It operates like a computer. Mm-hmm. That's the part that blew me away is I could see computer algorithm behavior in the water in the male form. And I'm like, holy shit. Could this you explain like, that in the male form? What do you mean by the male uh, square form? waves? That would be the male form. Yeah. So the square waves are minor and superimposed over the uh, sinusoid wave. Uh-huh. And so it's like, stop, go, check, 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 scan, go, scan, go, adjust, scan, go, scan. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like not in a hurry. Like, it'll be like, whoa, whoa, stop right here. We're going to hold still and take a good long look at this before we change. Mm-hmm. And you can watch this struggle occur. Um when it's overpressed, when it's overstressed, cause that's kind of what you do in the beginning. It's like training a military soldier when you're taking it to industrial work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you actually question whether it's the right way to do things or not, but in the end you're like, okay, this thing's humming like a hummingbird now. And you get the sense that it's accepted its evol- evolution and it's grooving with it and it's in harmony and it's going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there's these things like, like the original Brown's gas HHO generators. I pointed out to all those guys what was wrong with them. And What's if wrong? You, it, well, you overcharge the water and it turns into rocket fuel. And now you don't have any of your special properties anymore, but none of them want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so they're all trying to sell it to people and develop it for industry or automobile or whatever. And they knew it didn't work worth a crap after an hour to two and they didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And that's too much force. So like when you change that equation and go, okay, I'm going to take out the force and I'm going to do it by adding a vibration. Yes. A- yes. So let's talk about this because this <laughs> has been my instinct from day one with the mojo cell. So um, I'm going to pull this up so you can see what one of these things are. Imagine that you had. Oh, I've, yeah, I've worked with the Mojos. Yeah, so I'm friend Moshe Daniel, who made the Mojo. Okay. He's he's a good friend of mine. I've had him on the podcast like five times. Um, actually, I don't know what. Some his really website. really interesting stuff that that comes out of that geometry. So this is what I'm talking about. And this is what, when we were at Tesla tech in the, in the early aughts, however you say that, I don't yep, know I what, follow you. <laughs> um, so we came across a resonant vibration technology that nobody fully explained to us. So I build dome homes. I build all these really cool homes and I'm working with a woman Tanya Harris, who is, she's the one that in seven different cathedrals was able to measure 
the base resonant frequency of the cathedrals and then create a cymatic pattern from what the resonant frequency was of each cathedral and the cymatic pattern matched the rose window of each cathedral. Very interesting. Hey, so, you mind if we take a quick break and I let dog in and refill sure. my water? Cause she, sure. yeah, she ain't going to leave me alone. It's hot out. No problem. Okay, cool. Appreciate it. Nice little, little water break there. Yeah, man. So where were we? <laughs> Uh, you were talking about, uh, Mashi and the Joe um, cell. Yeah. So Moshi yeah. and the Mojo cell. So the vibrational, where we're at with all of this is I'm of the mind that we need to come to a resonant to make the Mojo cell with beautifully structured, alive water inside of it. We need to resonate it to make it a resonant cavity for the real orgone and in my the way i look at orgone just to be kind of technical about it um i know that there's higher octaves of it that i'm not aware of but if i was to describe it i think it's it's a proteolytic plasma because what we would what we would see when we would get the devices to work is the quality of everything got better the quality of our heart, like our hearts would open, people would start acting nicer, machines that were around it just acted more efficient. Like we would have a dead connection to an engine, meaning that there's nothing being ported into the air intake or anything. Right. And it would just start running more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. I worked with, uh, I actually did a, a webinar interview um, with uh, Dr. Theo Murphy. And he was kind of a, we worked together back in like 08, 09, we were doing engines and geet reactors and, mm -hmm. you know, he is a very hands-on physicist. Yes. And uh, basically that's what he said is he tested it on a car. Uh, and he also basically made comments like uh, it would malfunction when people were like pissed off or in bad Absolutely. moods. Absolutely. We so we had this. You love this story. We had uh, it was a shitty old Land Rover. It was like a 2001 Land Rover. It had the GM V8, like the most inefficient V8 ever made. And the woman that hired us to to make her car run more efficient, she was only getting like 10, 11 miles a gallon on the highway. Like this thing was like the most efficient, inefficient thing you'd ever seen. And we got it up to like around 20 MPGs. So we had doubled the, the efficiency of the engine. And we noticed like when we would go into cityscapes, and this is just when the 3G network was being put in place, uh, that that would mess with our MPGs. But what we noticed was the biggest change in how efficient it was, was she started, she got in a fight with her boyfriend in the back seat. And so Moshe and I are in the front and I'm gauging everything that's going on the scan gauge. He's driving. And as they're fighting, the MPGs are dropping. And, and you know, what he said to me is he goes, the whole chassis feels smoother. Yes. And, it and, felt like and, we we're and, floating. And that, that's what he said was, he goes, John, um, you know me. He goes, I'm not bullshitting. This old BMW right. turned into the smoothest riding. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and I don't have a good explanation for it. He's like, 
maybe it's kind of going a little anti-gravity and and then there's like stories of like it going too far like you know i won't go into them but Mm -hmm. it's like okay these are some plausible things but like you said there's an atomic coherence of a plasma environment that extends beyond every material thing and atom. Yeah. So in other words, the car has a field around it. And if you alter that field, then you alter the atoms. You just get, uh, and the human beings can sense this yes. very, very well. Yes. And so I used to send people home when they got pissed off when we were building machines. Uh-huh. Reason being is if we would build four machines that theoretically are the same, no. the one where everybody was pissed off around went off, went off into the world and became a problem child. Yes. The other three ran like Swiss watches. So whenever I got bad attitudes around our machines, I would say, clean up the workspace, organize everything and go home. Come back tomorrow. Fresh. Best, best advice ever. Cause as a pro athlete, when I was coaching kids, the second they started to get, in their head and start messing up practice is over and i'd have parents be like well wait you can't cancel practice like we had this a lot of time i'm like no 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 the state of consciousness that they're in right now this will breed a bad habit that this will give a bad attitude yeah it's, it's like bruce lee said don't practice the wrong thing right practice the exact right thing exactly it's like <laughs> my wife and i laugh because she's like a triple pisces and I have a lot of Pisces Ibias, so it's like we have no problem quitting. <laughs> it's just nope. like, but and it, where, where where are you at now? In Missouri, uh, G- Missouri. Okay, yeah, cool, in the Ozarks. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah, I visited yeah. there once. I fished the hell out of that place. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we live. We moved here because uh, we're on a fifty-acre, three cold spring lake. It's just this really wonderful, it took us about a year and a half to find it from moving back from Central America to North America. Super cool. Yeah. And this area is like, has as much biodiversity as where we were in the rainforest. Like I'm, do you, I'm, do you uh, have you heard of the Bertaria guys? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm Topher. Like I'm always on with BB. Okay. Like, I'm sort of, I'm sort of his science advisor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I had a feeling when you were talking, there's some loops here that close yeah. up with the people. And then when yeah, you said like, Missouri, I'm like, because I know they just kind of got land and they're going to, yes, you know, kind of yeah. build a headquarters there. Yeah, Grateful Harvest, uh, um, Adam Stevens of Grateful Harvest Seeds. Uh, he was my first contact in this area and he and his wife invited us up and we had just great time with him and like met a bunch of different guys in his construction company and uh i was like hey guys i want to build domes and so that's the company i'm training to build my my creations and so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to uh getting getting down there um there's a guy from pennsylvania who brews water he kind of does it in his own special way Mm -hmm. and he uses some of our stuff you know and i love that i love the systematic combined things and build your own artwork with water yes processing and the more people who do that the more i love it and and uh he's from pennsylvania and he goes down and he brews a bunch of water so and like our new technology uh he he uh, delivers water to people as kind of like a token and usually the people have severe health problems yes and so uh you know i love it because he'll call me and he'll be like they knew 
they knew I used, they didn't know what I did because I didn't tell them. But like when he switched to the MR24 as a feeder, he was, he was like, uh, she called me, the lady called me and goes, what'd you do different to the water? I know you did something different. So Cause I I'm, got, I'm she has lupus up. and she <laughs> was like, I got like a whole energy lift off of this. And for me, that's like the de developmental, like that's reality, right? Like the science, the theory, the engineering says one thing, but it's like building a race car. You're like, man, this race car is going to be fast. And the driver gets in it and the stopwatch is slow and the driver don't like the car. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like shit. Yeah. So is this Magna? Is this Magna Yeah, this is our Yep. And if you uh if you scroll down to where that glowing star is. Yes, that's the that's the conjugate array. Yeah, the water goes through that hole there. Yes. So basically all the magnetic flux lines are backed out of where the water flows. And so so, dude, you'll you'll love some of the things I've done. Um, so this, I I'm so glad your company's out there because that means I don't have to do it. <laughs> but, but I've been doing phase conjugate magnet arrays. I've been I I like God. It was over ten years ago. I sourced the only radially centered ring magnets that were being made for a military contractor. At the time, yeah, at the time, and pressed the North Poles together and ran water through it, j just to see what would happen. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little, uh, a lot of unknown. Um, you know, the integrative field in a cone magnet is folded around its sides, so you get a totally different effect. And one magnet alone doesn't really do shit. It'll just diamagnetically uh, split the water. So you'll right. get a dense section and an undense section. But when you put them in an array, mm -hmm. and where we learned about a lot about this is actually shorting water plasma together in the same geometry and measuring the IR beam that goes along the axis, like that view that you just showed. Like along the axis, there's like a like a laser beam that comes out of that array. Uh, that's ethereal. It's not like electromagnetic. It's a bit superluminal um, in its nature, or so dang slow that our instruments can't see it for the lack of the other. Uh, but yeah, it's super interesting. Like incubator, uh, Lockheed Martin engineers when they put magnets in compression, they became anti gravity. When you put magnets into tension, they go faster than gravity downward, mm -hmm. right? So we we wanted the levit levity, like Hawk and I. You know, we call it le levitative water. I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with Hawk Hawk and I from no, Germany. No, I'm not. He kind of picked up Schauberger's work, uh, and did a lot of practical, like concrete testing and a lot of stuff. But he called it a levitative water, and he replicated. Uh, Schauberger's uh prop driven Im implosive device yes like he replicated it totally it was a big stainless steel tank that was like 200 pounds mm -hmm. and he put a double helix impeller inside of it nice and i and that's kind of what you're doing with the magnets so and materials so there's dielectrics involved in that or orgone pucks you might call them mm-hmm uh, on the back side of the magnets and the magnets, you know, South Pole is considered this. And what we found, which is really cool, is 
like the water gets better from the north or the south pole it's just a matter of what you need at the time and if you don't use too much of it you'll benefit from both right 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 that that's like you know we thought well if the north pole is good for the plant and then it's you know, growers, I tell them I should I build you a South Pole unit so when your plant grows the fruit, you can switch over to it. Right. You know, and the North Pole won't kill the fruiting, uh, but it might give a better quality if you switch to the South Pole during density, you know, rather than broadening strokes, right? And wine, oh my goodness, is the wine definitely 100%. The wine predominantly responds to the South Pole in, in compression. We and we don't know why we don't really care. It's just so we, te- we tested thirty people, and twenty eight of them could easily tell the difference between no magnet, South Pole, and North Pole. Which twenty eight out of thirty. Which, by the way, people, that's almost unheard of in wine in wine testing. There, people's palates are so under all over the place. Oh, cool. What do you got there? So, you know, David Lapointe's work where. Mm. He essentially makes little suns. He takes a plasma field and he compresses them with magnetics. Mm-hmm. And and I think he starts at about 100,000 volts and works his way up. And you can see pretty much every, at, all of the light spectrum he can reproduce. From just voltage. From voltage. And then using and magnetics. magnets. Yep. And so he had a very specific array that he created dimension dimensionally. And um, what I've been doing is I've, I've magnetized one North and one South. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll force these together. And after I've spiraled my water, the water will run dead through the center. And so this is a three eighths inch hole. Yeah, and so yeah. the, the water will go right through the, the center of that. And that gives, gives me, when I use it, that gives me a little bit different quality of a water. I also have at the, cause I, I live on an, I have an artesian spring slash well. Um, so in this house, I don't need all the stuff I used to need. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've chose to live in areas where the water I could get essentially spring water you know, for the last 15 years. And so I, um, this particular house, cause we'll be running it. I went ahead and put a non-chemical water softening system in it. Um, and at the, once the water goes through the entire system, I, I pulled out the UV tube in, in the system and I put a far infrared tube <laughs> because I like the feeling of that better. And then uh, once the water goes through that whole system, then it goes through uh, four North Pole. How should I say it? They're, they're not radially centered. They're, they're, it, it, they're ring magnets essentially where the North is up, the South is down. And I, I force the North together and I force the South together and then I have them just coupled where the PEX runs through that to give me both. Because yep. for me, like you said, one, one, ba- one, one magnet isn't enough and having one polarization isn't enough. 
because what I find is water likes to play. <laughs> so I, I let it play that way. And then in my kitchen, just for fun, just because it's beautiful, I have one of those Mayu water filter, the vortexers, because yep. mm -hmm. it's so pretty. And, yeah, yeah. and I always look at water as a beautiful woman that wants to dance and move and all the rest of it. So Creativity, I have, yeah. yeah, so I have that vortexing all the time. And um, I've been wanting to make out of some substance, and you're probably the man to ask about this. I was I was thinking of making it out of naphion, but you can't print naphion or spray naphion well without it like leaking into your water. But I wanted to go ahead and make like a lily impeller and like have that as like uh, something I could put into a blender where I would put that in and if, if need be, I could just run the blender and have this impeller spin the water. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought of it totally. And uh, you know, speed control, like finding yes. the right speed. Exactly. You know, is important. Yeah. And... Cause I have a Vitamix where it has a variable resistor in it. So I could, I could, I could really slow, slow it down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that would be instead of people buying these big mechanisms for vortexing, if, most people I find that are into water are into good blenders. <laughs> so the product development in my mind was like, hey, if I just made a little, you know, impeller. Uh, oh, I, I thought about it a bunch. I think, you know, uh, like coating that, you know, yes. with a dielectric. So print it out of whatever and then uh -huh. coat it. Like we have a, epoxy coatings we use that we make into dielectrics with nanoparticles and uh -huh. shungite and all sorts of things. Right. And, and kind of putting your own creative recipe in there. It's like, I experiment, like this is lapis now, uh -huh. you know, and this water, I got 10 different crystals and I can tell you that they're all different. All these waters are different yes. when you breed them in here. And like they behave differently if you cool them down to 39 degrees overnight and they behave different on a full moon versus a new moon. And, and, you know, like and you get a palette for this where you're kind of like, well, you know, science wants to say there's no difference, but everybody in the room could tell there's a difference for the most part. Once they start paying attention to it, like a sommelier couldn't pick apart every wine in the world in their first year. Right. Right. It right. They had to go. Yeah. It, it takes experience and, and to, to get what your body likes, not just superficially. Right. Mm -hmm. To be honest that, yeah, it tastes good. It felt good. But what does it do for me in the day over mm -hmm. the course of the day? Right. What is so like I find if I drink like lapis treated water, I, I, I can't drink it every day, all day long. After about three or four days, I'm done with it and I'll switch to a different form. Mm -hmm. I love that color palette, right? Mm -hmm. That diversity in it. And it's me too, because I'm sampling and, 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 you know, it's like, I'm not married to one type of water. Most people want to be like, I want to buy this machine and this filter. And that's the one type. And I try and teach people like, well, with our systems, we do a little bit of programming, but really we're just kind of squeezing the water a little bit and exciting it a little bit. So you can do the next step with it, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. And if nothing, you just want to drink it, at least show some gratitude because it's just been shown that life works better when you're gracious. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's not just water. It's everything, right? And yes. the water seems to respond to these emotions and mm -hmm. consciousness and unconscious 
vibrations and subconscious vibrations, which are different things, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a connection to the unknown, to another dimension through water, to the unconscious that can come through. Um, and that's just fun, right? It that's is. just a never ending journey where you're like, I remember going, well, can't invent anything new. It's all been done already. Wrong. <laughs> and right, being an engineer, well, oh, geez, this was already invented too. This was all, oh, man, life's going to be boring to like, like, how does a soul live forever and remember anything whatsoever, or carry anything good or bad? How does it do this and not get tired? Mm -hmm. And it's like this, the water thing, like made me conscious of, oh, it's, it's never ending and mysterious and unexpected. And uh, dude, you can dig any hole a like, million miles deep. Right. I tell you, I've gotten into being a coffee connoisseur to the point where I had my own cafetal and it was growing coffee and was making carbon amendments for the soil and and like everything from the grind to the brewing, what type of water you're using. It was like an old Coors commercial. Everything like, matters. Every right? Everything matters <laughs> because it's it's the mind once again. It, it's like once you start going down the, the route of quality, quality, like the Schauberger 100%, talked, about, talked yeah. about qualogens, <laughs> not to make it a particle, but he was like literally like, once you once you hyper focus on quality and not quantity, you start to live a spiritual life. And yep. that's because and, and, you, you can find God in anything if you go deep enough into it. Yeah. You can learn about the universe in any studying plants, building race engines, building water devices, looking at the sky. Like everything is there for you to connect better with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think is, is the inner work. And then that allows you to connect with your outer world, not just people, but with mm -hmm. the forest, with the trees, with the outer water versus the inner water, right? There, human beings don't realize how sensitive they are to water. Like I, I took dead nuts naysayers into a field with dousing rods. Mm -hmm. And I was like, walk across this field. And when those rods cross, right. And, and that's all I would say. And they'd be like, yeah, bullshit. The rods would cross and I'd be like, you're standing on the water line. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're right on it. You found it with your human body. These are cool because that kind of shows how the water becomes more a coherent antenna. Yes. And, and you can see the like almost fiber optics in the electric field lines, which are Look the lines go going inward. And, and then you can see clearer strata. Right, mm -hmm. better organization of the the four layers. Right, mm -hmm. there's actually more than that, but you can kind of see like a, a a center circle, one band, two band, three bands, four bands, right, very clearly, you know. And then uh, that's kind of like when we do other freezings, you you see this character with our water, um, where you see the very very fine structures. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. That almost look like fiber optic cables. You can see that. Like our CG forum has that on there. And then there's Veda Austin's work where right. you just see this brushy, smooth behavior. Mm -hmm. 
it's almost like the raw imagery of what the water expresses is, is, you know, Schultz's work with that change of like, we're very unique with our crystal structure, I think, because we have ancient quartz in there. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes like a quartz pattern. If you look at like the crystallography, the, the real microscope microscopy of, of crystal growth and the change from dead water to living water. And, the the whole science behind it has just gotten so interesting. I'm most to the point where like what you do, the work you've done, what I do, the art form becomes much stronger when the scientific basis is kind of like, that's a fact. If people want to argue that that's fine, but we don't have time for the argument because they're way behind. It's like the right. whole scientific community knows this at this point. Uh, is science 100% all the time? No, it's a probability. And mm-hmm. we're not alive long enough to make anything more than a hundred year probability. So we don't really know much in the face of the universe because we can't watch it for long enough as a human. Mm-hmm. Right. So science doesn't work because we can't watch for any longer than the average life of a human being. And the hand-me-down always gets lost. Right. It does. So, and it always changes. It always mutates where, you know, every time I've ever been like, I understand water. I know what it's going to do. Guess what happens? <laughs> you, you've been humbled. She she, <laughs> she has a way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you John. Get it. Well, Jonathan, I I love your work. I'm so glad that we got to make this connection. I'm on your website right now. People can see it's naturalaction.com. Um. Is there any other social media or any other way that you would like people to interact? Um, you know, we have email lists. We have a member site, um, mm-hmm. which needs revamp. But nonetheless, it's got like, you know, some people like to poke around a little more with the science or what happens, you know, with this or that. And we have a lot of uh, kind of layman's studies, observational mm-hmm. things, you know, going, look, here's orange juice before. Here's mm-hmm. orange juice after they're not even the same substance anymore. That's how significant the changes are. The carbohydrates, fats, and proteins have completely changed their group behavior, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like Tom Cowan was talking about with uh, maybe the water's actually like causing the chemical structure, not the other way around. Right. Like maybe the DNA is always around. You, you talk mm-hmm. about, I love the way you gave analogies for there's this outer water, there's this spirit or attitude or, you know, life force field, you know, whatever, GDV, Carillion photography, everybody knows it's there. Shit, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you can feel a reaction with something that you're not physically sensing. Like you can sense, my arm can sense when it approaches metal six inches away behind me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, something's there. It's affecting my body field. That's where we need to go with simplification, that we are sensitive beings. Um, You know, we can alter these fields and we can have huge influence on everything by not feeding the fight, the frustration, the disease, the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the stuff that we all, you know, you can't ignore it, accept it and move on it. And, you you know, at least you and I, uh, I appreciate there's human beings moving in that direction, albeit I'm not perfect. Um, but now I'm to the point where I'm like, I just raised my voice at a machine the other day. And that was like a big out of line for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe I yelled at the machine, you yes. know, and it's been like years since I've yelled at a machine, uh-huh. <laughs> little things like that. And appreciate all the work you've done and how genuinely like excited 
I can see when you talk about you're holding up things and, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to come down there and visit for the Baritaria thing. I'm trying to work that out for the gathering. Oh, you have an open but, invite to stay with us if you want. We're 30 minutes from the campsite. So, okay. Yeah. I'd love to like, uh, learn more from your insights and, uh, meet that whole group and see how, uh, I'm getting really into like water brewing now. Yes. Like making ennobled water and, and yes. long cycles. So that's my thing now. And we do it with our mineral water. So all our, our new mineral water is like brewed for 48 hours. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's basically straight up Schauberger's word for word. Here's how you ennoble water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not messing with a good recipe. And I, tr once I saw the trout and then read that Schauberger yes. explained how that worked, I was like, this, I, I, I know this guy knows things yes. because I have experience. So a uh, very uh, good group of people to study and use as leaders and share with people because magical, magical mm -hmm. substance, magical people. Absolutely. Wonderful, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time today. I'm going to send everybody that I can because people are constantly asking me for whole home units. Who do I recommend? What do I recommend in this regard? And you know, anybody who knows me is I, I've been nerding on water for a very long time. So you're doing yeah, awesome. Pleasure. You're doing awesome work and your, your machines look like art. You know, they have a beauty to them that, uh, is necessary. I really think that's necessary for quality water. So there, there's an energy about it, right? The, the yes. beauty, like yes. yeah, look at nature in the end, like it's way more important than we give it credit. It, yes. You know, it's not just superficial. It's not just superficial. It's the energy of building quality and, and bringing it together. And, you know, a, a lot of people go into the production of those units. When you look at, you know, natural mm -hmm. materials and the stainless steel and how you make that, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's all of humanity's modern era world. And, you know, I came from metallurgy and, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a steel family and stainless steels, like got the rainbow in it, you know, yes, and it's it like mankind, like di naturally work towards the art of this substance to make something new out of kind of pretty cold iron or, mm -hmm. or steel, you know what I mean? And a beauty starts to come with the stainless. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I noticed women usually don't like metal, but when I started working with a lot of stainless, like the women would be like, Ooh, that's pretty. And it's not just cause it's shiny. Mm -hmm. It's got a quality about it. You know, no, almost... the best art, in my opinion, that's being done right now. And my sister is like a world renowned graphite artist. So when I say, when I talk about art, I, I have a refined palette. Okay, cool. This gentleman, he takes essentially a sheet, a four by eight sheet, a stainless steel. He heat treats it with plasma. He's using different types of plasma torches to bring out different colors. Well, what he first does is he'll come with an angle grinder and grind on the front side of the sheet, whatever it is he's trying to draw. And then on the, from the back side, he heat treats it to have the color oh, pop. Super cool. And I then, just got it when you said the back side. Dude, I was like, yeah, cause you know the difference when, from the front yep. side to the back side. So he, he heat treats the back. So you get these colors that are just popping and then he dips it in an epoxy, a clear epoxy. So it's just like, what, what am I looking at? And then he'll cut that panel 
and then he'll put it in dim- give it dimension give it dimension and wow. it is the sickest art i've ever seen i mean yeah i'm gonna have to check this out how's the art at the bertaria do people do art there too uh last year i was in overwhelm because i went there and i spoke and i was there for two days and like everybody was coming up to me they just wanted like gravy 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 so i, I was just like I didn't really go to many like ex like other people's expositions or whatever. Right, right. I never uh, get a chance to because I get overloaded, like you said, at all. And people are like, did you see this? Did you see that? I go, I didn't see anything because I have to tend to right why I'm here. You know, yeah, yeah, it's the, twelve hours a day, all day long. You know. Yeah. So the same way for me is I I was just like I was just like really like I wanted my intention was for interpersonal connection. And that happened at what I didn't intend for. So it didn't happen at all was I didn't really see other people's wares. <laughs> I guess so, I, I know it's a downside to like being more directly involved, but yeah, no, that's cool, man. We'll take it as it flows. And uh, I'm going to see what I can do. Like I said, there's been a number of pushes to like head down to Missouri and uh, really appreciate all the water research a lot of people read and talk but i can tell you like got into it yes and you just learned so much more and it's so much more real you know what i mean like Uh, even if it's scientific fact until you see it right in front of yourself yeah it's it's just not a your own reality so hats off and appreciate you and thanks for the opportunity to share and uh uh Take care, Chris. It's been great, you know, getting to know you better. Thank you, Jonathan. I'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sky Huddleston. Many, many, many brilliant folk that I know, especially that when we start talking about technical things, have this very direct way of speaking. So in our chat, if you have any questions about what we were discussing, please check out the BioCharisma podcast chat. Um, I will be posting a chat link in the Telegram uh, post of this. And I will also have that chat link up in all the uh, podcast purveyors so that you guys can uh, ask questions if you do have questions. Because I know I have questions <laughs> after that interview. Uh, there was, I, I, I thought I did my homework for this, and I was like blown out of the water. Uh, I have to say um, gasoline and diesel engines and all the different names and all the different, you know, I'm definitely, you know, a novice at this, at this stuff. But I can assure you with the quality of what they're making, and where Sky's mind is at, I've, I've seen prototypes and um, even at the level of investment that they're at, his prototypes are pretty stellar. So uh, yeah, check out his, his site and know if you end up do, if you end up getting a rocket mass heater from Liberator rocket heaters, uh, they put the majority of their profits towards the generator and engine development, which is really exciting stuff. Um, I'm not sold at all on electric cars. I think electric hybrids are are cool. I like the idea of supplementing uh, some torque and some power with electric motors. I've been a huge RC car fan, electric RC car fan 
since I was 10 years old. So this to me is a natural progression of things. But like we talked about in the interview, so many of these systems are so complicated and there are less and less people that can work on these things now. It's not like, you know, 30 years ago where everybody had a brother or an uncle that was a mechanic. <laughs> and those were much simpler days of motors. Like now there is planned obsolescence. The electronics in these things go bad all the time. The battery failure, as somebody who's installed and rectified a ton of batteries, trust me, the battery technology has been frozen for a very long time. You can get some of these newer systems apparently are more reliable, but if you get five years, I'm telling you five years out of some of these batteries, thank your lucky stars, especially if you live in a high humidity environment, these things do not, they don't, they don't last. And, uh, you know, I have to say the solar, the solar system, all these types of systems where you're dealing with all these metals that come from abroad, ask yourself, would this, would this supplemental energy for my farm or my homestead uh, work in case of a, let's just say a, a stoppage in airline traffic or shipping lanes? You need to have something local. And local energy is clean energy because it didn't travel that far to get to you. And as we said in the interview, biomass by far is, is the most local energy source to you. Everybody has to prune their trees. Everybody has to cut their lawn. I mean, you can literally, I mean, there's, there's places in urban settings where they have 10,000 pallets and they don't know what to do with all the pallets. You could take those pallets and convert that into fuel. And so the fuel that we're talking about is all this biomass has gas in it. And this gas can be extracted through these, this neat little system of retorts. So I will be bringing to market a small retort system for biochar. And in the future, that could be modified to make fuel if you wanted so and i'm just making them out of like literally barrels that you can get anywhere so i'm of course you can make all these systems super advanced but i'm a low-tech guy because i want to be able to work on it and the more high-tech you make things the more difficult they are to work on and i hope sky was able to impress that upon you with the motors that they'll be making that will be generators is that these motors have very few moving parts, which means they'll be more reliable and they'll be something that you can fix if you need to. So keep that in mind for resilience because this podcast and my website is all about building resilience for the future. So thank you for joining us. If you want to check out my work, you can go to toferhq.com. If you want to check out Sky's work, you can go to liberatorheater.com or I think it's called rocket heater. I'll put the link in there. Yes, rocketheater.com. And we uh, are gonna be back. I have great interviews lined up. I am doing four interviews this week. I think I'll be on uh, the one-on-one podcast uh, probably next week and Emily Moyer podcast again. 
Uh, she wanted to geek out on some things and uh I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the uh, birthday bash with Big Bear. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm really appreciating your guys' support. You're coming out in droves and, and supporting the cast. Um, and you can do that at topherhq.com. And uh, I really appreciate that. So I'll be seeing you guys very soon.